strictly I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Run it in a 600, run it in a 600. Untouchable, uncrushable. It is awards week in baseball, and uh, we have lots to talk about, not just about awards, but it also seems like. There's some beef going on. There's a whole lot. This is the Stew Pod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Wick. Chris, my dude, my man. Um, I-, I wanted to say that you and I have been having these debates on the Big League Stew this week. Indeed. And uh, I-, I, don't- I don't harbor any ill will towards you. I hate you now. So this should be an interesting podcast. I'm just trying to, trying to smooth things over, man. <laughs> All right, I don't really hate you. I don't, I don't want the people to think that, you know... We're having we're having some uh, some beef because lots of beef in baseball right now. The, we're not we haven't reached the level of Anthony Bourdain Guy Fieri beef just yet. See, I know I know this is on your on your radar. I don't I don't know too much about it. I don't know. I just wanted to find a way to bring that up, and so you perfectly transitioned me into that. So the people on Twitter will, will <laughs> applaud <laughs> you. Happy, exactly. Kind of pander to the Twitter man. Well, that's what you do. Yeah, it's true. It's what you do. Uh, but no, there there has been there, you know, whether we're debating about uh, awards or Twitter shaming riot writers on, you know, their award picks or even the some of the stories that have come out this week, it seems like beef is like an undertaking, underlying thing. Um, which going into Thanksgiving, man, everybody should be about that turkey. But I don't know. I guess you got to be about that beef, huh? That was Apparently, a really bad, that was a really bad pun. Yeah, really bad. it wasn't great. That was, but... that was horrible. I was gonna just let it. I was gonna let it go. If Jeff Passan was here, he would lecture me. Exactly. But he's not. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, there, I think as far as awards and the stuff we've seen thus far, there's just not a lot that I can get riled up about, and I feel like that hasn't stopped other people. But you know, there were some good debates. Like NL Cy Young was. A really strong debate, and at the same time, I don't feel like you can really get mad about who won. So, I don't know. I mean, is there anything that kind of stands out to you as egregious? Um, I've been thinking about this. You know, I okay. I, I, right. I I do feel like I feel like Granky. You know, I, I liked him over over Arietta, but I'm not going to be mad about that. Um, I think that we can acknowledge we're, we're recording this Thursday morning slash afternoon before the MVP awards are given out. So I think for the sake of things, we'll just assume that Bryce Harper and Josh Donaldson are going to win, which I think, you know, pretty good assumption there. Um, I don't have a problem with either of those. I know you might. Uh, I think the Rookie of the Year awards are, are often a place where you find, um, you know, the, the, the moment where you look back 10 years later and be like, huh, you, that guy won over that guy? Like, like, this week, you know, Jeremy Helgson got traded, right? And you're like, oh, he won Rookie of the Year over yeah. all these guys? Um, or, I mean, even, and this is an unfortunate way to bring this up, but, like, when the, the Tommy Hansen thing last week, I remember looking at the list of, of Rookie of the Year guys that year, and, like, Andrew McCutcheon was, like, fourth or fifth, right? And you're like, oh, man, Andrew McCutcheon. Right. Um, so, but that tends to happen a lot with rookies. But I think even with the rookies, and, and you kind of wrote about this this week, even the rookies, I think, were, you know, the guys who... Um, five or six years from now, we're going to be like, oh yeah, of course those guys won Rookie of the Year. It's not going to be, you know, Jeremy Hellickson or whatever. So, I, I don't have any real beefs. I think that you know all, all the all the people we've seen so far have been good. Uh, all the choices have been have been good. The ones I don't agree with, I mean, I understand, which uh, I think is fine. There's no big head scratcher among them. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only thing we'll look back on in 10 years and not be able to explain is how Mike Trout only has one MVP award. Um, because he's... I mean, he's just on this historic start to a career, and somehow he keeps finishing second. So that's that will be my biggest beef probably. But, but, he, but he won one, right? I mean, he, yeah, he won but, one, he deserved it. It's it's not like he's just getting overlooked time and time again. I mean, if he but if he, he didn't he have is, any, though. he is getting overlooked. If he didn't he have should, any, I think that would be a bigger story. He should probably have four, but <laughs> it is what it is. I know he's only played in the league for uh, for four years, four years, but, but I kind of feel like he should have eight by now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he should. Opinion. He's that good, and and I don't know. We just keep finding ways to not give him the award. Well. I, as a whole, I guess I would say it's good that that award season has has been, um, you know, for the most part, I think pretty right on. Um, you know, m- maybe the one I would I would go with the most, I would say like Terry Collins deserved more love in the NL Manager of the Year, just because I feel like he you know had to manage just like a crazy ship of <laughs> madness over there in, in yeah. New York. And he finished but, third, you know. But, but I can't be mad at Joe Madden winning either. So I'm not, you know, I'm not even too mad about that. Yeah, I mean, manager of the year is like the is the weirdest one. Yeah, you know, because I feel like for most valuable player for Cy Young, you're looking for the best player. And with manager of the year, I think there's just so much more you can consider. You know, it's not just. I mean, I guess for the most part, it goes to m- manager who oversaw the biggest surprise team. Yeah, but yeah. I I feel like there are a lot of different ways you can interpret manager of the year. You know, like you kind of implied, um, being able to manage personalities is probably significant for some people, and then you know on field decisions would be significant for others, and then just overall wins. So I I don't know that one's hard. I mean, it is, but I mean it's not a. It, I don't think it's going to be a big red flag. You know, ten years from right, now, right. So. Um, I want to tell the people what else we got coming up on the show, just because yeah. I feel like that's good practice, right? Good, good podcast thing to do. Um, uh, continuing with our with our kind of beef theme, we have uh, some interesting stories coming out about Yasiel Puig and the Dodgers, and, and maybe one Dodger, you know, campaigning heavily to get him off the team. Uh, we have some interesting stuff coming out about Jose Fernandez in Miami, which is making him sound like he's a horrible person in the clubhouse, and and you know that of course is is very odd. Um, and then we want to talk about how much of this type of stuff you believe this time of year, because it just seems like there's a, um, an influx of insanity. And Chris had sort of a crisis this week on, on Twitter and about awards and, and voting and, and how the writers vote. And we want to talk about that a little. We'll come uh, full circle. We started with awards. Yeah. We're yeah. going to hit awards later. And uh, Bad News Ramen is stopping by for three strikes and we're going to do some important questions. So, uh. All in all, I think uh, lot, lots of stuff, lots of interesting things, and uh, lots of StuPod favorites because we can't, we can't not do important questions. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, have to. So, Chris, you wrote the, you wrote the Puig story involving Andy Vance Lake. So I think I'm just going to let you start us off and explain that one. All right. Well, Andy Vance Lake, former Major League player, was on St. Louis Radio this week, and he... I don't even know how this really came up, but he responded to a question by saying, just between you and me, and this was on national radio, so it was definitely <laughs> not between 
Yeah, just no. two people. No, it's not. He said something to the effect of, I've heard the best player on the Dodgers, the, the highest paid player yes. on the Dodgers, uh, has told the GM that Puig should not be on the team or that Puig should be traded. And naturally, the radio host followed up with, so Clayton Kershaw, right? And Andy Van Slyke was like, I, I didn't say his name. Jeez. And so... So many questions, I, man. I mean, so many questions. Obviously, he's referring to Clayton Kershaw because he is the highest paid player on the team. And it's just like, what, what do you do? And Oh, and I haven't even mentioned, Scott Van Slyke plays for the Dodgers yes. and he's Andy Van Slyke's son. So there's that component to the whole thing. So that, that was the thing that stood out to me at first because I'm like, who benefits if Puig gets traded? Right. Possibly Scott Van Slyke, who you know has been pretty good with the Dodgers, but hasn't gotten a ton of playing time in, in that crowded athlete they have. So you know that was interesting. But uh, so here are my questions. That, like I said, I have a few of them. One: Why is Andy Van Slyke on the radio in St. Louis? Like, for what? Um, <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder sometimes why I'm on the radio places. But like, you know, I guess if you told me he was on the radio in Pittsburgh, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. But, okay, just talking to St. Louis people about the Dodgers. All right, fine. Are, are we sure that Andy Vance, like, knows how much everybody in the Dodgers makes? Like, did, did he just, you know, I don't know, know it was one of the expensive guys and just say, that's the highest played player of the Dodgers. You know how baseball players don't always speak correctly. Um, because to me, like, I feel like Granke would be the one who would who would want Puig out of town, right? Right, and, yeah. So, I, it just it just is a weird thing. And you, you brought this up in your post, and I think it's totally true. Like, what does what is, what is Scott Vance like do now? Like, uh, yeah. come on, man. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You assume, if this is true, which I, I don't know. I'm not really taking it seriously. But if it's true, you have to assume that he heard this from his son. So now he's putting his son in, like, a terrible spot, you know? Yeah. And so Scott Benz, like has to just be like, come on, Dad. And the thing is, you know that they didn't, they didn't talk about this in public. So, you know, if, if it's coming from Scott Van Slyke, then he has to know that because Kershaw told him, right? So, so how does that go over? Like, oh, I, I told you this, and you went and told your dad, and your dad went and told the radio, and it's just like this horrible game of telephone, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... Andy Van Slyke is not, you know, Jeff Passan to to give our own guy a shout out. Well, or like who is? Ken Ro- or, who is or, right. Or Ken Rosenthal. So I don't know how much I'm really buying into, you know, this report. Andy Van Slyke is not in the business of being a beat reporter or rumor mongerer. I do, I do have a question for you, though, just in okay. the sort of absurd level of, of this story. Um, would you go on the radio or TV or whatever, purposely plant a fake story in order to help your kid <laughs> get like, like a better job. Well, if that was the intention here, though, didn't he fail? I mean, now, like we said, Scott Vance like now has to answer questions about why his dad is throwing rumors out there. But but so, would you do it, Chris? That's what I'm asking you. Where, where, where you. Where's your moral compass on this? Um... I'll I'll go with yes, I would do it, because I, I love my hypothetical son who's not born yet. But I feel like I would do it in a much smarter way than Andy Vince like. Little uh little Scott Swick, is that his name? 
Exactly. Yes, yeah, Scott yeah. Van Swick. Scott Van Swick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So another funky story this week came out of Miami where uh, Jose Fernandez is all of a sudden a clubhouse cancer. He's a guy who doesn't follow the rules, and, and maybe the Marlins want to trade him, which is just kind of seems like silly talk because if, if there was a player who matched the team very well, it would be him. Um, you know, not really the front office stuff, but I mean, he's a young player in Miami. He's Cuban, uh, obviously a very big demographic there. Marlins, uh, you know, could use a, a ace like Jose Fernandez, which I mean, let's be honest, a lot of teams could. So that's probably not necessarily unique to them, but um, you know, the players love him there. He seems to love it. And uh, that was always the, the image we got. But uh, there are some stories this week. First, uh, saying that the Marlins were interested in trading him, which a lot of us, um, I think, scratched our heads at that one. And I'm actually scratching my head right now as I say it. I don't know why. I just, I just needed to scratch my head because <laughs> literally it was that insane. Um, but I, th- I think we put that behind us, right, Chris? Like We're like, oh, that's a kind of a funny story. And you, right. wrote a, you wrote a takedown for it. And okay, we're done with that. And then last night came a story. That, that had even more details talking about, um, you know, Jose Fernandez kind of being uh, a, a little more of an a-hole than, than he'd ever been painted. Uh, at one point going up to the Marlins, you know, front office bosses and being like, hey, why don't you just trade me? Uh, apparently he refuses to take off his hoodie when he's supposed to take off his hoodie, which right. uh, is a very Bill Belichickian way to live your life, I guess. Um but it, it, it kind of talked about, you know, the Marlins clubhouse being a circus and, and, you know, Fernandez kind of being a prima donna and setting a bad example. And, and it, I mean, it's kind of silly to, to even think about, like, considering, you know, what we think of him. So, I don't know, man. What do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think I had the same initial response as you did. I was like, I don't know how much to buy this. Are the Marlins really going to trade this guy? And then the second report comes out, and it certainly seems like the source on that would be someone within the organization who's trying to get ahead of fan backlash um, to a Fernandez trade. So, like, you know, now they're trying to paint it so that the fans will say, good thing we got rid of that bad clubhouse guy, as opposed to, why in the world are we trading one of the best young pitchers in the game? So now... The story that I initially had a lot of skepticism about, suddenly I'm, I'm starting to question that because I don't know why this report comes out otherwise, the second report. Yeah, I mean, it has to come from somebody, you know, within the Marlins somewhere. And maybe my, my only other thought is maybe it's somebody who, um, you know, is trying to kind of hurt his value in other ways or trying to get back at Scott Boris because, you know, Boris, I think, has kind of a contentious relationship with the Marlins in some ways. Um, I mean, maybe that could be the motive. The uh, The Marlins GM came back and, and, or I think the president actually, came back and was like, there's no way we're, you know, we're not going to trade him. But we'll listen to offers. So, I mean, I guess that means you're not, there's no way. I mean, if you're going to listen, then, then potentially. So it's just another example of the Marlins being weird, you know. And, and the Marlins are a team that have, um, I would say, a bad reputation locally and a bad reputation nationally. I mean, they, they've kind of, you know, sold their local fans on, um, you know, dreams of contending, of, you know, having the stadium, which, of course, the people paid for, and uh, building, building a winning team there, and, and they hadn't. They traded everybody. 
Uh, and then nationally, you know, they're looked at like sort of a dysfunctional organization because, you know, Jeffrey Loria, the owner, meddles in places where owners generally shouldn't. Um, and, you know, they've, they've had this track record of, of just kind of abusing the public trust. And you would think, like, if you look at the Marlins, you're like, man, the one thing they have going for them is Jose Fernandez. Like, he's a, he's a great young player, uh, you know, cheap for, for the time being. Uh, you know the kind of the kind of ace you want at the, at the top of your rotation, and somehow the Marlins have you know found a way to turn that into a, a horrible situation. And, and I, I mean, I would say I'm surprised, but honestly, I'm not because that just seems like what the Marlins do. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you question why anyone would want to trade Jose Fernandez, and then you realize this is the same organization that traded Miguel Cabrera. And a number of other guys, but you know, made their, made their GM their manager last year, right? So we're just in, I don't know, we're in Crazy Town, which is, <laughs> which is a suburb of Flavor Town. <laughs> oh, um, Second Guy Fieri reference on the podcast, but yeah, I mean, I feel like even uh, the Marlins are a mess. Like there's, I don't know if you saw, but there's a tweet earlier this week. Um, saying it's a one-year anniversary since the Marlins made the biggest commitment, signing Giancarlo Stanton to a mega deal. And the wording there just really bothers me, to say, like, the biggest commitment. I mean, this, you're the Marlins. Like, you did what any other team would do when they have a player that great, first off. And secondly, he can opt out in 2020. So it, it, it almost seems like, to me they're already getting head ahead of the Giancarlo Stanton opt-out. Like, look, at we did all we could to keep Stanton for 13 years, but he left because he wanted to. And it's like, he left because you gave him the opportunity to leave, and he's probably going to be really good in 2020 and make more money. It seems so, like they're already being like super defensive about stuff. Like For, for things, sure. For things that are going to happen in the future. Like yeah. just planting the seeds of being defensive because they're they're just so used to being kind of the black sheep, you know? Yeah, and I think I mean that's that reputation seems warranted in my mind. So I, I, I did want to throw this at you just for fun, because I'm I'm trying to ask fun questions on the podcast. Right, right. Um let's say they were gonna trade Jose Fernandez. And I still don't think I mean I still would be shocked, even after this, I I would be shocked if they did. But let's say they do. Um, dream up a trade for me. Dream up a trade that would be interesting, um, that that would have some you know some name recognition. Uh, you know, even though we know it's probably not going to be a one for one type deal. I mean, it's going to be you know a number of prospects. That's how these deals get done. But just for the sake of of being fantastical and fun, um, think of something. Um, I'll I'll start just to give you a little bit of time to think. And uh, I won't take credit for this. I read it in the in our comment section actually which, uh, I don't know, good content in the, in the comment section for once. Um, okay. And uh, I thought... I'm, I'm I thought, afraid, Mike. I'm afraid. <laughs> I thought it at least, it at least kind of was interesting and at least, you know, somewhat made sense for both teams. Um, Kyle Schwarber for Jose Fernandez. I think it, it, you know, the Cubs obviously need pitching. Uh, they have, you know, some surplus with their, with their, uh, their hitters. Uh, Schwarber, you know, they don't necessarily have room for him. He's a guy they need to make room for. 
Um, I, I mean, it would at least be fun to see him and Stanton together. I think, I think to me, that would be why, why I would entertain this idea. Just because I think it would be, uh, I mean, you know, like the new Bash Brothers. And it would be uh, incredible to see them just bashing all these home runs and probably being in last place. Well, let me say, coming up with trade proposals is probably my least favorite thing on the internet. Oh, good. So I'm glad I asked. I'm really glad that you proposed yeah. this question. Sounds, sounds like a, I'll remember this for every podcast. We'll do that <laughs> since you like but it so much. I, I do think uh, if, if this deal were to actually happen, I feel like you're right in that it probably, that the headlining piece coming back to the Marlins is probably a young guy who has already shown some success in the majors. So I don't know that you know the Red Sox would, would entertain the idea, but I think the Marlins, if they were going to make a trade, um, they would probably ask Boston for one of Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts because those are both two young guys. They've done well in the majors so far. They have bright futures. You know, that's, that's the type of headlining piece you want for a guy like Jose Fernandez. And I feel like the Marlins probably ask for more than that. They probably ask for one or two prospects. And I don't know, maybe that sounds insane, but that's, that's probably what you have to ask for when you're trading a guy like Jose Fernandez. So I don't know that that type of deal gets done, but I feel like that's the type of piece, if you're the Marlins, you're looking at um, for a headline. Well, I, I know you enjoyed Dreaming It's my trades. favorite part of the favorite podcast. Thing. So that's good. What's, uh, this, this next one's you, right? You can... Uh, I, I guess so. Um, oh man, I, I totally screwed up there. I was about to skip ahead. I was yeah. about to get way ahead of us. I'll, I'll cut it out. I'll just be like, all right. So Chris, I know this brings us to our next segment. I think it's a um, smooth transition out of, out of the Marlins and Fernandez and all this weird stuff that's being talked about, you know, this week. So I, I would like it if you would hit me with that topic, sir. Yeah, well, I've, okay, so this is... Probably the strangest time of the baseball year. The World Series just ended a couple weeks ago. The winter meetings are still a couple weeks away. We've now entered this weird realm where the news just gets kind of strange and these weird rumors come flying out of left field and we get these weird sources um, reporting things. Including, you know, some of the stuff we just talked about. I mean, including the, the Puig Kershaw, Van Slyke, and the Jose Fernandez story. And so, with all this happening and all the crazy stuff getting thrown out there and all the crazy sources, I, I think the question is, how, how much of it do you buy into at this point of, of the year? I'll put it like this, man. I don't think I believe anything. Like, my, my initial mode is, I don't believe that. Until I'm made to believe that, uh, I think that there's, you know, a little bit of natural skepticism that we journalists have. Um, so that's part of it. But there's there's so many people out there now trying to fool you. You know, um, fake fake Twitter accounts. You know, whose pure goal is just to wreak havoc on on us with you know fake trades and fake signings. Um, so, you know, for the most part, like, I always, even if, even if it's Ken Rosenthal, I'm still going to feel like I need to double check and just make sure. 
It's really Ken Rosenthal and not Ken Rosenthal or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I approach everything from, from that place. And, uh, you know, there are certain people, like, once I, once I know it's them that I, of course, like, you know, trust. Like, I trust Rosenthal. I trust Heyman. Uh, Jeff Hassan, Tim Brown, of course, our guys are, are on point. Um, but you know, there's a there's a lot of people out there, and there's a lot of people who are trying to make names for themselves this time of year. And you know, whether we're talking about like the the little kids, or you know, even even some of these you know local radio TV guys who want to break a story, um, it happens. And uh, I think to me, like my radar just always has to be on because um, you know we don't want to get duped by a, by a fake trade or something. And um, you know, there's, again, there's so much of that out there. And to me, it's like, yo, convince me, convince me that you're right. And, um, I think there's a lot of people who are, you know, now reporting things in various degrees. You know, we see the, you know, card, I mean, the, the Cleveland Indians are talking to, you know, three teams and about this and that. And I mean, that probably happened before, but it just wasn't, you know, reported to the extent it is today. So, uh, today it's news. And so, I mean, I look at that and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, you start, you start thinking of, I don't know, dream trades like Chris would because he loves that stuff. But, right. um, you know, I don't, I don't put too much in it. I, I don't, uh, all of a sudden think that, you know, the Indians are going to have a trade tomorrow with the Dodgers because of it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me it has to, it has to be a national guy for the most part um, for me to really buy into the deal. So like, or to buy into the rumor. So even some of the stuff we talked about earlier on the podcast, I, I look at that with, or I take that with a major grain of salt because I don't know the person reporting it. I don't know their track record, etc. So you give me a Jeff Passan rumor, you give me a Ken Rosenthal, I'm a lot more inclined to buy into it. But even then, I think like you were saying, it has to be somewhat specific. You can't, if you're a national writer and you're throwing out this, um, you know, Cleveland's talking to three teams, but there's no specific involved. There, there are no specific players or it's just kind of this vague thing. I don't know. I, I, I question that a little bit because why are we not naming names? Why, why is it? Why is it being kept vague? So e- even then, I guess, I-, I have some skepticism, but I don't know. I'm, I, I, basically, think, I think a lot of that is just floating ideas out to see. Right. You know, I mean, let's, let's also keep in mind that this stuff gets floated out because, you know, you want to see how other teams respond or you want to see, you know, the way that, that um, the fans respond even. Uh, we, we, you know, we talked a little about the Marlins possibly playing the fan base you know, prepare them for Jose Fernandez trade. So, um, you know, like, keep that in mind. I mean, I, I don't want to be like, hey, everybody stay woke, but, like, for real. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, pay, realize that that's kind of what's happening sometimes, too. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, basically, I, I think, I mean, we're on the same page here. It's got to be a national guy, and even then, you have to maybe question where they're getting the information from and why it's leaking, because team and agents and players, some of them have ulterior motives. Can I, can I make a fake Twitter account for you? I don't think anybody would be interested in that. What I, would, I would do... I think I would just put like a CK in your last name. I think that's about it. That's People would it. think that was really me, is I the know. problem. Yeah. I think it'd be good. 
And just report like, you know, Guy Fieri got traded to HGTV for the Property Brothers. There you go. <laughs> and I would buy that. I would retweet that. <laughs> third, third Guy Fieri reference on the show just for you, Chris. Yeah, I love it. So you, you had yourself a, a little bit of a, I would say, crisis this week. or um, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a emotional crisis. It was more of a, like a logical crisis. Right. You were trying to figure things out, and you were like, at one point you are like, ignoring my IMs, and you're like, oh, sorry, man, I got going on a Twitter rant. <laughs> and I just wonder if there's anything I do to help, man. Are you good? Like, do you want to? Do, do you need my assistance on this? Are you? I'm are you good, okay? but I feel like we could still hash it out. Maybe let's, let's do it. So my Twitter crisis started because of the NL Cy Young voting result, and I think I said this earlier in the show, but it's not that I disagreed with the choice. I thought all three guys were were logical and great choices. Uh, my main issue was I thought we would be able to get a sense of maybe the Baseball Writers Association, um, their voting trends. And what I mean by that is Kershaw, we know he led the league in strikeouts, 301 strikeouts. It hasn't been done since 2002, kind of this historic performance. And, I, and so I thought, oh, maybe the voters might lean that way. They might prefer, um, you know, a dominant guy who broke this crazy milestone. And obviously that wasn't the case. And then with Grinky, it was kind of the more traditional, you know, he posted this insane ERA, and we haven't seen that in 40 years, and maybe the voters would lean that way, and then they didn't. And again, Arietta, in my mind, a great choice, but he didn't lead any statistical category except for wins. And I feel like, I'm not trying to say, oh, suddenly we're back to being traditionalists and pitcher wins matter, but it was just interesting to me that the voters chose him so so kind of, well, I guess the voting was close, but that they, that they went with him even though you could point to, to Grinky and to Kershaw and say, hey, these guys you know, they led these categories, and I don't, now we're going with Arietta. So it, it just... Do you, want me to, do you want me to help you I, with this, Chris? Yeah, please. To, I, I, can, I can break this down. I can boil this down to one sentence for you. Okay. Your problem. You want things to make sense, and they don't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's pretty much it. That's baseball, man. Baseball doesn't make sense. And I think on, on a different level, like what what this says to me and what the voting says to me in general is... We don't have a, a, like, if you're looking for some sort of unified message out of each ballot, like, you're not going to get it because the way it's set up, you get one group of writers for each award and then a different group of writers for the next one. So there's, it's not a situation where everybody's voting for, um, you know, the same awards and, and, or, you know, the whole list of awards, which um, the Internet Baseball Writers Association, that's how they do it. Like, everybody votes for everything, which I think is sort of an, – there's an interesting discussion there that I think I'll get to in a second. But, um, like, if you're looking for you – now, to make some sense out of, you know, why this or why that from this group or that group, it's just not there. Um, because it's, it's – I don't even know how they, how they pick, 
you know, who votes for what. I know that, right. you know, I mean, I know that each city gets, you know, two and some the cities that don't have two get, um, or don't have to get, you know, some other writer to kind of step in there. But I don't know, for instance, why, you know, I keep, we keep mentioning him, but like why Jeff Hassan gets chosen for, you know, AL Cy Young versus, you know, NL MVP or whatever. I mean, there, there might be some method to it, but as far as I know, it's totally random. So it's, it's not like you, they're giving you, you know, anything to go off of, even on a year-by-year basis. I mean, it's totally different every time. So um, it's really just what, you know, one group of 30 writers thought. And uh, that kind of brings me to my, my next thing, which and I mentioned this just a second ago, but how different do you think it would be if, it was every writer votes for everything. So it's, I don't know, you know, a couple hundred people instead of 30. Um, do you think that drastically changes the way things end up? I think in a year like this where a lot of the categories were really close as far as like voting and candidates and, and all that stuff, I, I think it does change because, you know, a, a very small number of, of votes for... Zach Grinke could have drastically changed the the Cy Young result. So if you have everybody voting, yeah, I do feel like in in tight situations you're potentially you're changing the outcome. And and I think you're right. I mean, I think you know I'm trying to find logic in looking at it, but you're right. It's 30 different writers every year, and so to expect some consistency from that is is almost impossible. So if everybody did vote on every award. I think you would be able to find some trends. There would be, it would be, it would make sense to look at the voting and say, oh, the voters value this now, or, you know, that this has changed since 2009, but you're just not, I'm not going to get that now for the, all the reasons you outlined. Yeah. Well, at least I've, I've helped you, right? Yeah, you, you did it. You have, You've cured my crisis. Dr. Mike Oz. I appreciate that very much. Well, I think uh, we should take a break. We should uh, go talk to our friend Bad News Ramen, who has, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Chris, you know, we, we've recorded his segment before this one. He's got some takes, man. I'm afraid. He's, he's got some stuff on his mind. So uh, if you want to hear about uh, some parenting and some Jake Arrieta and Big Poppy and whatnot, uh, stay tuned and, and listen to Three Strikes with Bad New Ramen. This is the Stew Pod. We'll be back in a minute. Yo, we are back on the Stew Pod. As we do every show, we got Bad News Ramen joining us with Three Strikes segments and. Uh, this week, I know he has a few things on his mind. I don't think we're going to do a, a big old Hall of Fame debate like we did last week, but um, I, I, I want to say we might hit some Hall of Fame stuff, yeah? We, we, we might hit it. With, I don't with, know if with we, one person, we maybe? The, one person, yeah. I, I don't, well, it's definitely not going to be this person that, uh, that we're going to talk about right now. Um, mm-hmm. to, you set me up. I, I like that, man. You're, you're, you're doing better. Um, I try my best. It, yeah, you, you do try your best. So the guy that I am going to uh, talk about right now for our first strike is one Russell Brannion who got arrested for uh, burglarizing his former wife's or ex-wife's house, and he picked up a couple items, and then he turned her heater all the way down so she'd be extremely cold. 
I, I'm just trying to figure out. Cold blooded. Yeah, cold blooded. It could have been. I mean, I, I probably would have done like uh, Joe Pesci did in Home Alone and turn on all the faucets, you know, and, and write <laughs> Water Bandits and stuff. I, I think there's better things that you can do instead of trying to. He couldn't warm up some water, and then uh, put her hand put her hand in the water while she's sleeping, so she could you know pee on herself and stuff. I, I there's better things that you could do than than just turn. There's a lot more fun things you could do if if you're going to be, going to be a stupid enough to do that type of act, uh, coming from a career two thirty two hitter. Um, there's other things you could do. So we're talking we're talking thirteen year old pranks here. Like like yeah. Like what yeah. do you, what do you do as a thirteen year old to get back at your you, brother? You know you you can't TP the house. You know, you know, you, know, you know he could have done is he he could have like. And just listen to me here. Don't don't overreact. But he could have like pinned her arms down and like opened her mouth and spit in her mouth. You know that that <laughs> he could have done that and other things like that. But I'm wondering what he was trying to steal. I mean, I think I mean if he had his like rookie cards laying around and they're probably about fifty cents a pop, uh, maybe that pays for you know some of the counseling that this guy needs. Um, all jokes aside, uh, this guy is pretty much he's a waste of time. I mean, I, he was arrested I think for. Uh, hitting his former girlfriend in the car. So uh, just an idiot all around. And uh, he wasn't that great of a player either. So I, I think no, uh, on the big leagues no. too, I think you need to kind of put a moratorium on this guy and say, no more Russell Brandon stories. The guy's done. But the, but the thermostat thing, I mean, it is, it is just so odd. It's, it's such an odd thing that, that we have to, I mean, we have well, to talk about that. I, I want to see it in terms of how they do it in, in the court. I can picture the lawyer for the ex-wife going, she was extremely cold. I mean, the funny thing is there's like some phrase in there is like, she wasn't cold. She was extremely cold. What I want to see, what I want to see is, you know, when they do like the, on the, on the, um, like snap shows or, you know, whatever those kind of shows where they do like the dramatic recreation. Like I want to see the dramatic recreation of Russell Brandon going in there like, man, I'm going to get my PS3. And and yeah, the guy, the, the guy that, uh, the guy that usually does the narrating for it, he always has to kind of like, end off with a high pitched, you know, like a high pitched in his voice where he goes like, and then he went into the house and turned off her thermostat like that. You know, that, I think that, <laughs> I think that'd be good. The other thing I want to do too is, is for that lawyer, uh, when, you know, for his closing statement or closing argument for the ex-wife, I think, uh, he should put like some, some ice cubes, like a tray of ice cubes on, on each, uh, juror's lap and go, see how you feel the way right now. That's the way my client felt, you know, <laughs> if, if you can, and he could do like some catchphrase too, like something like, uh, what Johnny Cochran needs to do, like if if it if it's too something, you must acquit. I don't know, but there's a lot of fun you can have with that, and uh, I think that's why we do this instead of actually our actually lawyers. If know? it's too cold, then you have to scold. If it's too cold, you have to scold. Well, it could be scald, so they might misinterpret that. Scold uh, like like get, getting like like punished. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I I understand that. Don't don't correct me. What I'm saying is that I'd probably get so nervous. I mean, you hear me on this podcast now, right? And I, I was even like trying to practice my voice because I know sometimes I talk too fast. And so I'm going like, hey, Mike, let's talk baseball where you do three strikes. I mean, so and, and I, I messed fine, that man. up too. I, I even tried doing that and uh, sound good. I messed that up. I, I'm, I'm just I'm a nervous wreck right here. So, you sound and, sexy. Uh, well, that's what Well, I, I can't do that. I'm not going to do <laughs> You were going to talk about my mom, weren't you? No, you were going to talk about my mom. Not to say that. She told me to keep quiet about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, strike number two. Uh, strike number two uh, is Jake Arietta's kid and kind of the uh, the show that he put on uh, during the interview when Jake Arietta won the NL Cy Young Award. I believe that it was MLB Network, Network that was interviewing him. It was. And it wasn't like it was like a big kind of press conference thing, uh, you know, because they're trying to say like, oh, this kid can be the next uh, St- Stephen Curry's daughter or whatever. 
I, I don't mind kids going to big press conferences because most of those reporters, especially if it's like a big event like the NBA Finals, are stupid anyways. Like they don't know what the event's about. They don't know anything about basketball. So I don't mind if you bring your kid just because you, you don't have to answer those dumb questions. And it's an easy way to get out. But you're doing a one-on-one interview with uh, MLB Network and you bring your snot-nosed kid on. It's, it's just it's getting played out, dude. I, I, I get tired of – I don't find kids acting like idiots on the TV funny. It actually kind of stresses me out because – if I was doing that on TV, I'd get smacked in the back of my head. And <laughs> I, it's just how you was raised, just, man. It's just the way you're raised. Like you, you start acting up. You know, you know the whole phrase. Next time you hear grown people talking, you shut yeah, the f yeah, up. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I didn't say it. You know, I, I didn't want the Yahoo to get mad. But that's actually been told to me before. And I and I've actually uh, I've actually got smacked in the back of the head. And I I used to like when they loosen that belt. I'm sorry. All right, it's time to be quiet. And my mom would go like, Hey, like uh, if I was acting up, she's like, Hey, there's a bathroom over there. And I would uh, be real quiet because if I went in that bathroom with my mom, uh, two people come out, one person comes out crying. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend I'm gonna defend defend Jake Arrieta here. Like that whole interview was was kind of chaos. Like like first I think it was at it had to be at his house or something like that. First of all, but um, you know when he won, like he had a like one of his homeboys tried to spray him with champagne and apparently like hit him in the eye with the cork or something, and then then actually did spray him with champagne. Uh, people drove by and were honking at him because they knew he had won. Like it was, it was a, it was a mess all around. So having the kid there, I think, was was only part of it, just a contributing factor. But I, I will say, watching the whole thing yesterday, Clayton Kershaw had his baby, and and props to him. He had the situation that I've had before too, where you're holding your kid and your kid is cool, and then your kid starts to wiggle, and then you don't want to interrupt, you know, an interview or speaking or whatever you're doing. And he, he did the very smooth dad handoff of the baby, like just so smooth and, and, you know, without even having to stop what he was doing. And I give him props for that. Clayton Kershaw showed us how to do it correctly. I don't know if that affects the Cy Young vote, but he did it right. Well, then he should get the sign in next year when it's uh, up to Jake area, <laughs> so I don't have to see his kid anymore. Uh, you know, that, that's great with the handoff. You, you do an interview with, with me and my kids. And if my kid is sitting next to me and they, they make one noise, I mean, my, my, kid, my kid would look like they're frozen in time. Like they had the fear of God of him because I tell him like, hey, you make a noise during this time, I'm going to knock you out. So, uh, I, I miss the old days of parenting, you know. And <laughs> Parent, father of the year, bad news, Robin. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't even tell a kid to, you know, I can't even tell a kid to, I'll knock you out, and the parents get all crazy, like, oh, you know, it's like, well, I'm not going to knock him out, I'll knock you out. But yeah, there, there's no props, there's no props around anywhere. If you have, if you have a kid that that messes around. You need to smack him up. And with Jake Arrieta, like if, if you have your, your brother or something like that, or if you have people honking by, you better bring that bat and you better chase people down the street with that bat to tell them to <laughs> shut up because you're doing an interview to MLB Network. So, I mean, you're messing with my money, right? And it's like, give me, you better, unless unless you want me to be a clown and I get my endorsements by being a clown and have everybody pop me in the eye with, with, a, with a champagne cork, uh, I, I want the top line stuff. You know, I want, I want. The, 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 the tuxedo, you know, what, what a difference a day makes. Maybe K Jewelers in, in there. I mean, you better pay me the right way. If you're going to mess with that, I'll chase you out with the bat. <laughs> you're on one today. At the end, and that rhymed. I'll give you props for. Yeah. For, you want to mess with that? Chase you with that's, my, that's my Johnny Cochran, see? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my ice cubes. I'm, I'm getting all ready. And, I, and I'm even giving the ice cube scowl when I'm, when I'm talking about this. So let's end it off with something nice. Uh, and this is kind of where we can do a little debate. Uh, David Ortiz announces that next season will be his last season. Uh, and it's about time for, for him to hang him up. Uh, now, granted, he is, uh, he is from Boston, and I keep on hearing people telling me that uh, there's a se- this series that the Yankees had and Boston had in the playoffs where um, Ortiz like hit like two or three not- 
what, what a knockoff. What, it's not knockoff. Walk off. Walk, walk off. off. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm a knockoff. I'm a hack. Um, <laughs> but he, he had about two or three walk off home runs, and I still don't know what series they're talking about. And they even said something to the effect of like, yeah, the Yankees up were th- up were, were up three games against the Red Sox, and the Red Sox came back and won all four games. I was like, that never happened. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no recollection what, of that happening. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, I was like, the playoffs didn't happen that year. That that's the year that they said, yeah. Uh, no playoffs this year. Let's just give it to the Red Sox. So, the calendar just I, went I, from I'm 2003 to 2005. I, I, yeah, I, okay. I don't even think that year happened, right? <laughs> I don't even think 2003 happened. So, no, 2004. Um, 2004 didn't two, that, yeah, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I had no recollection that no, no idea, happened. No, no idea that it happened. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out what happened in 2004. I, my daughter got born in 2004. so and I'm Somehow. Like, somehow like, that did, happened. Um, and so, like, in 2005 rolls around, I'm like, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> so... And of course, he's quiet because uh, because I'm I'm inter- interviewing right now or podcasting right now. But uh, all things aside, uh, Big Poppy, uh, very hard to root against this guy. Uh, you know, when the Red Sox and Yankees were having those great rivalries in the early 2000s, you're looking at this team. You're looking at the cast of players: Euclid, uh, Pedroia, uh, Ortiz, Manny, Pedro, uh, Schilling. You really, I mean, all these guys were, even Johnny Damon, I mean, all these guys were just like straight up baseball players. Um, it wasn't hard to uh, root for them. It was very hard to root against them. And that's kind of the thing that I was being a Yankees fan. But two, a couple things with David Ortiz. Um, one of the best uh, clutchers of all time. You want him up at bat with players on players on base. And uh, he's, a, he's a big proponent of Viagra. Uh, he, he did a, uh, he did a Viagra spot for uh, Latin America <laughs> commercials. And, uh, he, you know, he wanted to make me buy uh, Viagra. I didn't understand what he was saying. I could catch up words here and there, but I think it was kind of the effect of like when you need help during those special times and he gives a slight little wink, uh, very good acting on his part. And, uh, you know, when, when I ever have problems in the future, or maybe I have problems now, um, you know, I'm going to remember David Ortiz, and I'm going like, you know what? David Ortiz uses Viagra. It's I like, than I like how that's the second thing you had to say about David Ortiz. <laughs> well, with the little wink. I mean, you got to put the wink there. It's better than the Rafael Palmero one. He was like, I take Viagra. I'm like, yeah, you take drugs too. So you, you take everything there, Rafael. Um, so I want, I want to ask you the question that was just, I mean, I put it on Twitter, man. It just blew up um, on me, and, and it was too early, man. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for, for – uh, the, the Hall of Fame people and the, and the David Ortiz Hall of Fame people to come at me, but I think you and I could probably have a rational um, discussion on this. You, you think he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, by his numbers, he's definitely not a Hall of Famer. Uh, but there's a lot of people in the Hall of Fame that have got voted in by a Veterans Committee, which is a really an old boy type network where you have got, you're looking at these guys' numbers and like, why the heck is this guy in the Hall of Fame? I think you know you talk about impact on the game. You talk about the stature that he has in that city uh, with him when, when the marathon bombings happened and he did Boston strong and, and he was always saying that and he really kind of has the pulse of Boston and everybody with Boston is in him. I think that's a lot to, a lot to be said about a player. Uh, I think on the person, uh, what he, the heroics he did in the playoffs, um, I think he is a hall of famer. Uh, he's, he's no Mark Lemke. I mean, Mark Lemke was good in the playoffs, but Lemke, that was like in 1992. I don't even think, I think you're still sucking your thumb back then. I mean, there's plenty of players that <laughs> have done really well in the playoffs, but it's kind of like the same thing with Schilling, right? I mean, I don't think Schilling uh, is a surefire Hall of Fame person, but if you put Schilling and David Ortiz in there, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not one of these guys that says, you know, numbers, numbers, you know, numbers don't lie. Uh, I like numbers, but at the same time, what player were you most afraid of 
when he was playing your team or what player was could you not wait to see uh, when they went up at bat? I think Schilling was must see TV, and I think uh, David Ortiz, every David Ortiz, when I know he's coming to bat, I'm going to watch him doing that bat because he's a good hitter. He does things the right way. It doesn't always translate into numbers, but in terms of being just a straight baseball player and straight hitter, I think he's in. Um, at the same time, I know there's questions about drug use here and there, uh, but I think he's been a lot more, he's done a lot more positive for his city and his team than negative. Well, there you go. Bad news, Robin. That, that's all you're going to say. Did I, am, did I drop my, drop my phone or, or are you going to say anything or you just, Oh, I mean, you want, I mean, I thought, I thought you, <laughs> or did we go you, past you the 10 minutes? Gave both we answers. went I mean, past the said, 10 minutes. We've been, I can't do it. We went past the 10 minutes. You said, you said that he <laughs> shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Then you said he should. So I figured you were just arguing with yourself and you didn't need me. <laughs> I argue with myself all the time. <laughs> I, I think, I think you should no, be no, in. No, I think you, that, you, you, uh, you misspoke. What I'm saying is his numbers don't warrant him to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but you add I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you the numbers that he does have, I don't think you do because, you know, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm sorry. I, I think, I think he should be in. I think, uh, you know, not only, not only are the numbers great, I, f- I feel like he's one of those guys that kind of like redefined, um, you know, like not redefined, but like just defined an era of baseball. Like you were saying, you know, he's one of those one of those big personalities. Hit 500 home runs. I mean, had these had these big remarkable moments. Um, I think I think he's one of those guys where you know, if you're talking about quote unquote story of the game, um, I, I think he's he's an essential, you know, cast member of that story of the game. So that that's where I sit. And, you know, the thing about this debate is he hasn't even retired yet. So we're gonna have seven years of this still uh, by the time he's by the time he's voted in. So. Uh, do not get exhausted on David Ortiz Hall of Fame arguments yet because they're going to be coming for a long time. And when, when you need those special moments, uh, <laughs> David Ortiz and Vigers are for you as well. Uh, wink, last wink. thing is that he, he, he better, yeah, with a wink, I like the wink. Uh, he better have a send off on Derek Jeter level uh, with just that. I think this guy's been a great ambassador of the game. When you step back and look at the, his overall work, I think he's definitely a Hall of Fame player. Uh, I'm not a rabbit guy going, hey, but I mean, this this guy deserves a, a proper send off and uh, thanks for like what fifteen twenty years of, of watching him play. So not now I'm getting all now I'm getting nineteen all sentimental. years, man. Nineteen years, yeah. So before I start just talking and rambling on, I'll finish it off and go. All right, so join us next week for more three strikes with Bad News Ramen and Mike Oz, where we talk about shenanigans of baseball players. Yeah, debates. You like that? Works good. Huh? That, that was that, nice. That's I what I'm gonna do. I have a big smile on my face when I'm saying that. So I'll talk to you later. I'm still trying to get paid by Yahoo Sports, and uh, I'll, I'll do anything it takes. I'll, I'll I'll sell my soul and sell my voice to uh to, to make that happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't make those decisions. Sorry. I know you don't. No, I said I said you know Mike Oz. Like who? They're like for who? I was like, oh great, here we go. All right, man. We are back on the street pod. My God, this week talking uh, baseball. Well, maybe baseball. Now we get into that part of the show where we just talk about whatever uh, important questions. And uh, Chris, maybe a couple months ago, you you we did a, a topic about uh, Pixar movies and ranking the best Pixar and Disney movies. Yes. And, huh? Yes. You were. You were. Yeah. I, I thought you. It almost sounded like you were asleep, and then you were like, oh, well, you're in Pixar. Uh, what? Right. I'm here. That's how you get my attention. <laughs> um, 
and I, I didn't have the greatest of answers then. I, you know, I'm not probably as, as well-schooled on that as some people, but I did want to say that I saw Inside Out uh, last week with my kid. I took him to the movies for the first time in the theater, and we watched Inside Out. And uh, I will, I will audit, after one, you know, no, no wait list, no nothing, I'll put that on my top five. It was really, really good. All right. Well, I, I've yet to see it. So. I, I recommend it. I, I would okay. recommend that one. Um, I'll put it on my list, man. On a connected level, I'm going to Disneyland next week and taking my family. Wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it may be fun. It may be horrendous. We'll see. Um, it's happiest place on earth, man. Yeah, when you have kids, it's uh, it, it may be you know not. We'll see how crowded <laughs> it is. Um, I'm I'm curious. Have you been to Disneyland? And if so, what is what is what do you what do you get down with at Disneyland? So I've been to Disneyland once. Um, but I've been to Disney World quite a bit more. Okay. Um, my my family used to go there. I don't know. Every couple of years, we would road trip down there. Well, I'm talking uh, about the West Side here, Chris. In the West Side, we go to Disneyland. Right. Well, now I mean, I, I live out west, so west Disneyland's side is a little the best easier. Side, Chris. Best side. But um, so what was your question? Do I do I ever get down with that? What, I mean, what's your like? What do you like at Disneyland? Yeah. Um, what do I like? Well. I mean, I, I got to take it to Disney World because I'm just more familiar with that. So, big fan of Space Mountain. Um, what else, man? I mean, the the last time I went was actually when I got engaged to my wife. Um, we didn't get Aww, engaged at like the Magic cute. Kingdom or anything. We we got engaged at Cat Cora's restaurant, which I don't think exists any longer there. Not on the Matterhorn. No, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. No. Chris, every girl wants Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I will say, so this was, oh, God. See, now I'm afraid to put a year on it because I'm going to get it wrong. Don't information, man. My wife will be mad about it. Don't. So, uh, But it was, you know, it was, an, it was our first adult experience at Disney. And we happened to go during the Food and Wine Festival, which is obviously not something I would have enjoyed as a child. But I loved it. I mean, that was kind of the highlight of the trip. We went to Epcot and we ate 14 different things from just all these different little stands. And that was just like the dream day for us. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, you, so it's so, been yeah. a while. And then maybe they, I don't know that they had that there. But the Cars Land in California is pretty cool. Okay. I enjoy the Cars, the Cars ride. We had fun on that last time we went. And so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but just the overall Cars Land, they did a really good job on it. And at Disney California Adventure, they have, uh, like, bars and stuff. So keep that in mind, Chris. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, actual, I mean, I feel like... Actual booze. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, sentiment from adults of, like, oh, Disney World, stupid. But I don't know, man. If, if you have the right attitude, like, you could definitely enjoy it without children. I mean, I, at least I did, so... I don't know. I feel like they just do a good job of catering to kind of all ages. Yeah, I'm just really trying to avoid Rainforest Cafe. I mean, that's like my main. Okay, my main fair enough. In. Yeah, places. Not you the know, the, you bring that up, and I, I believe the last time I ate at Rainforest Cafe was on that trip. But so. see, it makes sense for like, like, oh, it's a great place to take a four year old, though. Yeah. You know? so. Oh, yeah. I remember my first trip to Rainforest Cafe. I loved it. I'm like, oh, there's lightning in here. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, right. So my question was all that important, but I figured since we were going to Disneyland and since I was talking about the Pixar movie, there you go. What's, uh, yeah, what is I, yours, I, my friend? 
Well, first off, I look forward to hearing your stories next week or next time we record about your trip. Um, because, I mean, that's going to be great. So, Can I actually, you know what? Here's a, here's a tie-in for you. Oh, tie boy. This whole thing together. The last time we went to Disneyland was the day that uh, news broke that Jose Fernandez needed Tommy John surgery. Ah. Yeah. Well, I really hope that nothing big breaks while you're gone. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw needs Tommy John surgery. Just, just for my sanity. And Yasiel Puig has to do the surgery. Ugh. That would be funny. Mm, I don't... Maybe for you, since you're gone. But No, but it would be funny if Yasiel Puig had to do Tommy John surgery on Clayton Kershaw. True. That'd be, that'd be true. Jeff, Jeff Pastor could write a whole book about that. Yes. That would be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd read that book. <laughs> so, all right. My important question. I'm going I'm bringing it back, man. And and the Puig thing was perfect. I'm bringing it back to the Puig Kershaw and events like rumor. And I'm wondering you know, with with the whole situation we we touched on this, but Andy events like kind of throwing his son under the bus a little bit here by by throwing this out there. So I'm wondering if there's any moment in your life you can think of where your mom or dad or someone in your your family kind of did the same thing to you. They, they just totally kind of threw you under the bus and you were like, Mom, come on. Ooh, Mom or Dad. Um, I mean, I'm sure if we go back in history, there's plenty of things that they've, <laughs> they've said out loud that um, right. you know, you're like, why would you repeat that? But nothing damaging, nothing huge and um, horrible and, and you know, that, that stuck with me all these years. Um, yeah. I've had I've had friends do that more often than than parents, like friends or, throwing you under the bus, or ex friends, as as yeah. in some cases maybe. Um, but no, yeah, no, it hasn't. I haven't I haven't had that happen too much. Um, so I guess good to say, but I also don't play for the Dodgers. True. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, unfortunately, I think it's a good question if either of us had a good story, but I can't think of a good story in, in this scenario. So I'm sure that, like, my parents have definitely embarrassed me at some point, um, but I just can't think of that specific scenario now. Like, I didn't have the moment where, you know, they dug out some old videotape of right, me, me yeah. trying to, you know... Recreate, uh, I don't know, Bella DeVoe video in my living room or something. <laughs> Played it at my wedding. I mean, you know, it hasn't really been those things. Um, most of my embarrassing life moments, luckily, don't involve my parents, I guess. That's so, good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had that moment where, you know, you're like eight years old and your mom yells out, isn't that that girl you like? <laughs> and then you're just like really embarrassed. So that's yeah. never happened to me. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, most of my embarrassing moments were brought on by me just sucking. So I think I, I'm the problem. At least, you've, you, at least you've owned up to it and owned yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's a good so way yeah. to live, Chris. Good there way you live. go, man. There it is. Important questions. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't all that important this time. We'll have to do better. Yeah, well, we'll do a better job next time. I'm not sure if we're going to have a podcast next week. I'm going to be on vacation. Chris, maybe, maybe Chris will have a podcast, but I will not talk to you guys, so... Uh, have a have a wonderful Thanksgiving and and uh, if you do Black Friday, man, I guess dude, have fun with that. I I I would not be even, safe out there. I would not even Black Friday it, man. I have Black Friday to come. I have in the past, but I mean, come on, dude. It yeah. seems like it's so insane nowadays. Agreed. So yeah.
be safe. Eat Stop by Big Leagues Do on Black Friday and just read blog posts. Do there that. you go. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good topic. Um, rate and review. Of course, we got Always. any new ratings and reviews, Chris? Uh, I haven't checked. I've got to go check, man. But uh, you should give us some so yeah, that I have something to read. Give us a rate and review. All right, this has been the Stew Pod. My guys, Chris Wick, Yahoo Sports. We'll see you next time. Untouchable, uncrushable, run it in a 600, 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 run it in a